0: Real Talk with Ben Tompkins, presented by Four Roses. What's up, baby? How we doing? This is Real Talk. I am Ben Tompkins. We are presented by Four Roses Bourbon. And we got a really good show for you today. Uber stories, sports stuff, even some politics. Yeah, that's right. I watched the debate this Monday. Did you? Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. We need some change in Kentucky. I, I feel it. I feel it coming. Actually, I don't. Honestly, what will probably happen is Mitch McConnell will win, but I want to go ahead and give you what uh, my opinion is on the debate, on that race, and everything else. (sighs) Where do we even begin? Well, let's first celebrate a little bit. How about, I think, a congratulations is in order. Congratulations to the Los Angeles Lakers and LeBron James for winning another championship. My man, another ring for the king. I've got some thoughts on that, plus some stuff on UofL and UK football. Which team is the first to get to three wins? That is a very interesting exercise. If you start to go through the schedule for both of those teams... Trying to get to three wins is going to be a challenge, and I think that's both where they top out this season. I would be stunned if I'm wrong. But then again, I always am stunned when I'm wrong. It's just one of those things. Uh, Uber stories today. The first fight that I've ever had to sit through People were fighting in my car, and I offered them some fucking golden advice. Dr. Benny over here giving out free therapy sessions to anybody that wants them, okay? And that was, I'll tell you that story. That was a very interesting story. I, and and this wasn't just like a disagreement. This was an ugly fight. This was an ugly fight, okay? There's a baby in the car. It's playing with this little... Um, I don't even know, some kind of a toy that was singing lullabies and it's totally distracted and they're back there fighting. I'm up here listening to music and it was a fucking scene, dude. It was funny. Uh, But I'll tell you about that. This old grandma that straight roasted me for 20 minutes, that was pretty funny. Another woman that told me about a recent robbery she was involved in. And what we're going to do, so basically the format of this, you know, we kind of tinker every week. We kind of Uh, Get a little bit better and do things a little bit differently And what we have started to do, what I have started to do Is take the five best stories from the previous week And at the suggestion of my girlfriend Maddie A very good suggestion end on a good note Let you guys and girls walk away from these Some of them are savage, some of them are depressing Some of them are uplifting though and empowering And that's what I would like to leave you guys with that feeling of, yeah, I, I, I can do this shit. I can do this too. You know what I mean? Whatever your thing is, I, I hope that you can feel that and you can do it. All right. And so we're going to end each episode with one of the more positive, uplifting, encouraging stories from the week instead of doing those at the beginning and then leaving you, you know, walking away feeling like, damn, that was savage. I mean, you probably will still say that because a lot of these stories still are savage. Um, But we're going to end on a good note. And that's how we'll continue to format these moving forward. Um, If you missed last week's episode First of all the Uber Stories episode was fantastic There was one on there that you absolutely need to go hear About a guy cheating on his wife with four dudes At this Metro Station, place in Louisville, Uh, it's a whole fucking thing, you should go and listen to that story, last week's interview with Dr. Marshall Reynolds was fantastic, it was very helpful, we talked about emotional triggers, and she basically workshopped me, she Houdini'd me, Houdini, she Houdini'd me, like... As I'm asking her these questions, and she basically leads me to this thing, and she's like, you see what I just did there? I'm like, holy shit. That was amazing. No wonder you are one of the top master certified coaches in the world. So that is all on last Friday's episode. Go back, listen to it. And if you enjoy these, and you're finding these entertaining, and uh, you like what we're doing around here, then please go ahead and leave me a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts. I have one, a new one here, and I said I would read these as you guys put them up. So uh, this is from a Apple Podcast with the username r.os.92, maybe ross92. Um, but this person says, Ben is an awesome storyteller, keeps the listener engaged and entertained. Thank you. Thank you, ROS92. <laughs> Thank you so much. I, I Seriously, that's that's awesome. Um, when I can look at the podcast and I go down and I can scroll to the bottom and see that people have left me new reviews and I read them, that is such a awesome form of validation and encouragement that I Honestly love and it's such a positive Thing for me and so seriously Thank you to anybody that does that Thank you to my I want to say my man but I, I it could Be a woman but I'm just I don't know I read that as Ross 92 so maybe I'm Wrong correct me if I'm wrong um, But what I'm not Wrong about is that that was a really Positive note to find and uh, Gives me a little bit of juice Gives me some juice baby so thank you so Much Um, You know what's really becoming fun too is with these episodes You know when I have people in the car and sometimes You know not everybody's really in the mood to talk but they're in the mood To listen right and so some people are just harder to pull Dialogue out of some people are harder to pull stories out of And so when people really aren't giving me much then I'll ask them Hey do you want to hear a story and they're like yeah sure so Last week I had this couple in the car that I was taking to the airport, and I told them the story that is on last Wednesday's Uber Stories Part 11 about that guy who got in the car directly after cheating on his wife with four dudes, two at a time, and they absolutely ate that shit up. And they got out at the airport, and they said, you know, that really set the trip up. That was the most entertaining Uber that we've ever had. Thank you so much. And so those rides are fun, you know. When I can, it's and it, and it's almost like um, when when you can just bounce your material off of people and a live audience, you know. On here, sure, I am speaking into a microphone into a computer, and then people are listening later on. You're listening later on, but when I actually have people in the car that I'm practicing and bouncing these stories off of and they give me feedback and I can hear them laugh when things are funny or um, be silent if they're not and then I can be like okay maybe I need to change this and tinker with that a little bit and they're really kind of leaned up in the forward of the seat and they're going oh what's going to happen next like that you can't replicate that I can't get that sitting in the studio um, without a live audience. You know what I mean? So those rides are really fun. Uh, I have a handful of other stories that we're going to get to on this episode, but I real quick, Lakers win the NBA championship, and it's another ring for the king. And I was listening to Jared Dudley on the Bill Simmons podcast, and he was saying that he thought that this was harder than any other championships just because... You're locked into that bubble and you can't leave. And guys are literally getting cabin fever within the first 48 hours of being there. Because he said once everybody arrived in Orlando, then they couldn't leave their rooms for 48 hours. So he said people were just like talking underneath the doors in a hotel room like a bunch of kids on their 8th grade field trip. Okay? And people... I, I, you know, I think that people want to, at least the LeBron haters, like the mental gymnastics it takes for some of you LeBron haters to sit here and find new ways to come up and try to disparage his accomplishments, it amazes me. It amazes me, honestly. That must be an exhausting life, my friends. It really must be. Um, some people want to say that this championship doesn't mean as much because it's a weird season and because of COVID and all this other crap. But I, I think those are reasons that it makes this season unlike any other because who's ever had to stay four months aside from or and apart from your family in the bubble? That's never happened before. Guys are getting cabin fever. Guys are opting out. Lakers don't have Avery Bradley. LeBron won this championship fair and square and I couldn't be more happy about it. If there is one thing that happens in sports this year, out of all of the teams and the players that I root for, really any year, to be honest, this is the one thing that I want most to happen every year. More than the Yankees winning a World Series, more than seeing Tom Brady win a Super Bowl, more than any of my college teams winning national championships, LeBron winning another championship beats them all. And I am so glad that it's happened. So, congrats to the Los Angeles Lakers. I had uh, one of the guys that I had in my car last week. So, on last Friday, the Lakers had game, what was, that would have been uh, game four, I guess, right? Or game five. It was on Friday night. And I was wearing a LeBron Lakers jersey, okay, driving around. Yeah, I was... You know, just feeling it. I was feeling myself. I was feeling the Lakers thing. It was a Friday night. I'm thinking I'm going to bang out a couple hours and then I'm going to go watch this game. And, uh, you know, it sparked conversation with a lot of the writers. You know, everybody was like, hey, Lakers, what are they going to do tonight? You know, so we talked some sports. Had one guy get in, and uh, as soon as he sits down, He starts listing me his unsolicited list of guys that he ranks above LeBron. So his list went as follows. MJ1, Kobe2, Magic, Bird, Kareem. And he was seriously thinking of other guys to put above LeBron. And he says, I think LeBron would be in the top 10, but I don't think he's the greatest. And I said, but that's... You didn't even have him in the top five. Like, what do you mean the top? You you just listed the top five. And he said, no, no, he's great, though. Don't get me wrong. In today's era, no question, he's the best. But greatest of all time? No, I, I don't think so. Now, listen, I, I think that, um, sure, there's certainly going to be people who put MJ and Kobe over LeBron. There's going to be old-timers that put Magic and Bird over LeBron. But I I think, I mean, if you go by his resume that is still being written, by the way, that's not over. All these other guys, their stuff is done. Their stats are written. Their championships won and done. Um, And LeBron is still going. And I honestly think he's got at least three more years in him. Probably five. Like, the way that he takes care of his body... Unprecedented, him and Tom Brady have set a new standard in terms of athletes taking care of their bodies It is insane how much time and effort and energy they put into their bodies and money Fuck man, Tom Brady and the TB12 method and LeBron James and the Hyperbolic Chamber Like Frieza when he fought Goku on whatever episode of, uh, I felt like that was like 90 episodes Not 90, maybe like 10 Um, of Dragon Ball Z, right? But anyway, I'm getting off topic. Um, The LeBron and MJ debate. Here we go. To me, it's closer now, but it's not even over. That's the thing. LeBron's gonna go at at least another three years. He's already surpassed MJ in points, dwarfed his rebound and assist numbers. Plus, he's won everywhere that he's been. Cleveland, Miami, Los Angeles. And people wanna say, yeah, but MJ won three in a row, twice. Okay, even though LeBron hasn't won three in a row, he got there four straight years with Miami, and then he goes to Cleveland, and he's in the finals four straight years again. Let me ask you a serious question, person that doesn't want to give LeBron his, his proper credit. Do you think that Michael Jordan ever faced a team like the Golden State Warriors in the finals? Do you? Honestly? Historically and statistically speaking, the Warriors, those teams, one of the greatest teams to ever play the game, and then they add KD? Look, Michael went 6-0, but he only got there six times. That's cute. That's really cute, you know? Because LeBron's been there 10 times and counting. And counting! With coaches like Mike Brown and David Blatt and Ty Lu. MJ had Phil Jackson, arguably the greatest coach to ever do it. It's like the people that want to argue that Joe Montana or Terry Bradshaw is a better quarterback than Tom Brady because they went 4-0 in the Super Bowl and Brady 6-3. He lost three Super Bowls, they say. Yeah, but he got there nine times, five more than those other guys. Him and his team were the best in the league and got to the championship five more times than those other guys. Whereas, Some people want to knock Tom Brady for being a loser three times. I just think that's such a short-sighted view. Win, loser, draw, he was there. And same thing with LeBron, dude. LeBron's been in the championship four more times than MJ. His stats are already beyond what MJ's were. And he's won everywhere he went. Name another player that you can say that about. Remind me to forget about Michael Jordan's wizard years, okay? But look. If LeBron wins just one more, just one more, fine. He might never catch Jordan six, but Kobe had five, Magic had five, and if LeBron wins one more and stops at five, sure, it's a toss-up at that point. But when all is said and done and he dominates every statistical category there is based on sheer longevity of playing the game, come on, man, LeBron's the GOAT. It's that simple. LeBron's the goat. Uh college football. I I really wanted to see Lane Kiffin beat Alabama just because Lane Kiffin is a he's a rock star. Lane Kiffin is a fucking rock star. And if he had beat Alabama, the way that like I feel like this 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 happens to Lane Kiffin. He goes from Uh, you know just kind of like mediocrity obscurity to then he starts to win some games then his ego starts to blow up and then some self-defeating behaviors fall in in his footsteps and he ends up kind of regressing and, and sometimes blowing up spectacularly it's happened over and over and over again okay USC Oakland Raiders uh the Tennessee debacle, and now he's at Old Miss. And if he had beaten Alabama, which the game was extremely close, and I I, I, was, I was watching that one more than I was watching the Kentucky and Mississippi State game just because this one was way more entertaining and the other one sucked. The Mississippi State and Kentucky game sucked. It did. It was awful game. Okay, but if Lane Kiffin had won, he would have ridden around Big Dick and Everybody for at least a week as college football's rock star. And when he is the king of the south, and when he's up like that, it's fun. It's fun to watch because you know it's—I don't know—it's not going to last very long, and you're always wondering how it's going to end because you know it's not going to be pretty. But even for one week, I, I wish we would have just gotten that. Okay. Now I want to switch gears over to Kentucky and U of L, and then we will get into uh, our Uber stories of the day. Listen, in. An, Every episode isn't going to be like this, but when things happen that are so significant, like LeBron winning or just like a championship, maybe we'll do like two minutes on the World Series, but, um, you know, big stuff like that. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to talk a little bit of sports, okay? Uh, these aren't really weekly segments I'm going to do on Kentucky and UofL. I'm just kind of looking after the first kind of chunk of the schedule and looking ahead. This was a kind of a fun exercise to do. Look at UofL's schedule and look at UK schedule and try to figure out who's going to be the first one to get to three wins, okay? I'm looking at Kentucky. Kentucky's going to get busted by Tennessee this weekend, no doubt in my mind. A lot of people are looking at this win over Mississippi State, and I think that they're looking too much into it. They're saying, see, not all, we're all okay, not all is lost. I think that's fool's gold, my friend. Costello was awful. The guy that they brought in after Costello, he was awful. Six interceptions combined. They missed a field goal and turned the ball over on the two-yard line right before halftime. The score should have been at least 14-7 to at half. In the second half, both teams are exchanging punts. There's a pick six. Truly an unwatchable mess. But my point is, the offense, UK's offense, didn't do shit all game. The only time they capitalized on any of the six turnovers offensively was when they got the ball at the two-yard line. And then it's like, how can you not punch it in two yards, right? They punted eight times. They fumbled the football. They were 4 of 14 on third down. Only 157 yards of total offense. That's abysmal. Terry was 8 of 20. I don't buy this team. And I didn't think that in the few games that we saw from Terry last season before his injury, that he hadn't really shown us anything different from the year before. He didn't appear to have taken any big steps forward, and he looked to be more or less about the same guy, despite hearing all the U.K. media bullshit and banner waving and all. Like, he gets injured. He leaves a lot of questions unanswered. I I don't think he's a baller. I think he's a jabroni. He's a jabroni, all right? He hasn't displayed anything to make me think that he's anything different from where he was two years ago. Statistically, he's worse. They'd almost be better off running the wing T offense if they're going to keep him in there because unless he's running the ball like he did against Ole Miss scoring three touchdowns, they sure as shit aren't going to win many football games relying on his arm or his decision making to make throws and move the team down the field. Tennessee feels like they're on an upswing in their program right now. They feel like they're starting to come on a little bit and flirt with, hey, are we going to be kind of good? Are we going to go bowling this year? And coming off of a loss to Georgia, easily this is a bounce-back week for Tennessee, a team that has dominated Kentucky for basically all my life. I'm 28 years old. I think Kentucky's won like once or twice in that span. It's not been pretty, all right? So I think this is a bounce-back week for Tennessee, and I really think that Kentucky fans, you need to brace yourselves for this reality that could very well be a three-win season. I know that stings. I know that hurts your ears to hear, and you're going like, fuck this guy, he has no clue what he's talking about. I'm looking at the schedule, and I'm just looking at winnable games, toss-ups, and losses. Let's just be real here. This is real talk. This is what we do. They're going to get Vandy at home. That's a win, sure. Vandy has been ravaged with COVID, and that game's in a few weeks. Who knows? I mean, Vandy might end up having to cancel their season. So that would really be the worst-case scenario now that I think about it because there's a certain threshold that you have to maintain on your roster in order to keep playing games. And if Vandy can't meet that, then what if they end up having to just go ahead and cancel the rest of their season? Uh, I mean, it could happen. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? And then that would really take away your only guaranteed win on the schedule because Vandy's dog shit. But you get Vandy at home, that's a win. Let's just go ahead and count that as a win right now, okay? Uh, Missouri on the road, that's a toss-up. But Kentucky should beat them. Missouri's defense is far worse than Kentucky's. And although they've only played three games and against some stiffer competition in Bama, Tennessee, and a rebuilding LSU team, so I'm not going to make it out to be like, oh, national championship LSU. No, 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 no. They lost a shit ton of guys rebuilding. So those numbers, I think, would be weighted way differently if they had actually played the game against Vandy that got postponed. Remember, Vandy and Missouri had to cancel a game because of COVID, and If Missouri has a fourth game against Vanderbilt, then a lot of their statistics where um, they are giving up way many yards per game on defense than Kentucky is, I think those probably start to look a little bit closer had Missouri played that game against Vanderbilt. But that game gets postponed. Kentucky fans are going to say that South Carolina at home to close out the year is a toss-up. And I think that's a little bit optimistic and I think that's a little bit of a stretch. I think South Carolina is going to beat Kentucky this year. So that leaves losses to Tennessee, Alabama, and Florida all on the road, which are pretty much all but guarantees, let's be honest. And plus another loss to Georgia at home next week. Best case scenario, they win their toss ups plus Vanderbilt and finish four and six. Worst case, they finish two and eight. All right. But I think realistically, UK is going to finish three and seven this year. I think they'll probably win. They'll they'll win. They'll beat Vanderbilt for sure. Um, And then between Missouri and South Carolina, if they can win one of those toss-up games, then you're looking at three and seven. And uh, I think that is a lot worse than a lot of people expected from this team at the beginning of the year. Now listen, Louisville, you're you're not really doing too much better. All right. I don't think that Louisville is going to win a single game this month in October. Not against Notre Dame. Not against Virginia Tech. And I really thought that this was the year that they had FSU's number. But even as dog shit as Florida State is this year, call it my ninja intuition, call it a gut feeling, call it recent history, or call it just plain fucking common sense. I'm going to defer to the better team here. Look at last year, for example. Felt like a very winnable game coming into it, and Florida State 21 UofL in the first quarter, which is really sad that in a stretch where you feel like if you're UofL, you've had some of the most dynamic playmakers that you've had in recent years, you've got a pretty serviceable quarterback, and FSU is probably at the lowest point and as vulnerable as they've ever been, and yet they're still stealing away the crown jewel of the class recruits from UofL, and they're still getting the nod in toss-up games. All right? So there's three more losses. Virginia Tech, Notre Dame, and Florida State. Three losses. Now UofL's at 1-6. and We're into November. Virginia, Syracuse, Boston College, and a final game against Wake Forest in December. These are all games that should be winnable. Last year, they did beat all of these teams. And outside of the Syracuse game, they were all one-score games. Toss-ups in every sense of the phrase. And these are the types of teams that Louisville's going to have to beat if they want to finish where I think their ceiling is in the ACC. About eight, nine-win team finishing fourth or fifth in the conference in a regular season with the non-conference gimmies, you know, those wins thrown in there. These are the types of teams that UofL needs to beat to consistently be going bowling and hanging around on the fringes of college football as a top 25 team. But after watching Georgia Tech dismantle them, a team in the conference that UofL needs to be beating every time they play, a team that has won two conference games last year, I cannot, in good faith, extend Louisville any credit whatsoever or suggest that they deserve any benefit of the doubt with the remaining toss-ups on the schedule. Georgia Tech's longest drive of the day was eight plays. They were scoring in two plays, four plays, five plays, going 75 yards to do it. They 20-pieced UofL in the fourth quarter. That's embarrassing, and it tells me that guys straight up gave up. They were quitting. Now, a lot can happen between now and those games, the four games at the end of the schedule. Let's just say they win two out of those four toss-up games. That means they're finishing three and eight. Same as what I've got Kentucky finishing at. So it's a fun exercise. See who's going to reach their third win first. I think it'll be Kentucky because they play Missouri and Vanderbilt back-to-back. But if that game gets postponed against Vanderbilt, or if Missouri beats Kentucky and then Kentucky's hanging around with two wins with their only other winnable game on the schedule being South Carolina at the very end of the year after going at that point it'll it would be 2 and 7 coming into the very last game of the season i'm not going to trust that those guys are going to get up and have a lot of gusto to get one more win you know what i mean because at that point what what is the point there is no point <laughs> who the fuck cares if you're 2 and 8 Or three and seven. You're dog shit. I mean, that's just, that's facts. That's real talk, man. So, um, I think Kentucky might get to three wins first. But this season has gone down uh, very quickly. Very quickly. Very quickly. Uh, Very quickly before I jump into these stories. uh, One final take, All right, I don't really get into a lot of politics. But I did watch the Kentucky Senate debate. Kind of, like by accident Because I went to turn on the TVs for the Monday Night Football game And I put the small TV on for some baseball But the games didn't start until like 8pm anyways And it was like 7 And the channel on the little TV was on the debate As soon as the TV comes on So I see Amy McGrath I see Mitch McConnell on the screen And I'm like, oh hey, I might as well watch a little bit of this I thought, I got an hour, this might be interesting And I'm not going to act like I know or can talk to you in depth about the policies or the politics of these two candidates. I I, I can't. I really can't. Okay, um, but for me, it's not about politics. This is a question of self-care. Mitch McConnell said that a vote for Amy McGrath means a vote for New York liberal and insert the SpongeBob meme right with the big beak. Chuck Schumer to take over as Senate Majority Leader. Which this is a classic fear tactic from Mitch McConnell No one will care about Kentucky without my influence Earning us preferential treatment Is basically what he's saying Mm, Okay, maybe But you know what? So be it So be it I get that it could have much larger implications On a national party scale And leave a void that becomes a power struggle And amongst the the Republican Party and, And the Senate and everything like that But you know what? None of that is Kentucky's problem. America is not Kentucky's problem. Kentucky is Kentucky's problem. And it's time, now more than ever, to focus on ourselves. It's not about politics. It's about self-care. I want a senator who has one focus, Kentucky. Not saving the GOP, not America's global dominance, or anything else but the well-being of this state. It's been neglected for way too long under Mitch McConnell. And where has he gotten us? You know, it's not like we're exactly killing it, you guys. I personally, I love Kentucky, uh, but I can't wait until I can move out again. All right? I'm going to be a 1,000% honest with you. I cannot wait to go back somewhere out west. And when I come back to Kentucky, it's usually for Derby and Christmas, and that's how I like it. I like it in spurts. I don't love it here. I really don't love it here. So, and, 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 and I think a lot of that has to do with, with shit that happens where it's like, hey, we have finally somebody that's even willing to talk and negotiate and put sports gambling on the table. Oh, wait, no, we don't want to do that. Let's all give it to Indiana because that's smart. Let's have everybody in Kentucky that could be spending all of that money here in the state drive across the bridge, pay the tolls to drive across the bridge, and give it all to Indiana. That seems pretty fucking dumb. Or hey, medical marijuana. Maybe if the state's so broke, we might be able to, you know, generate some money off of that. Tax it um, and make it safer to obtain, rather than people having, you know, having to go out and and find a dealer. Like maybe that would be a good idea. You know what I mean? Maybe we see some reduction in crime in that sense oh, wait, we have a bunch of religious prudes that don't want to put medical marijuana on a voting ballot. Legalize it. Tax it. Make some money off of it. All right? I, I mean, get with the times, guys. Get with the times. And I'm not saying that Amy McGrath is going to come in and change all of that. I'm not. I, I, you know, I, I, don't, I don't think that, okay? I'm just saying... Thirty-six years of anything is too long for me. That's too long. There should be term limits. People that are as old as Mitch McConnell should have been termed out long time ago. Okay, and to think that this person who spends all of this time in Washington, and 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 and, and I don't even mean to say that in terms of like, oh well, he's never here. He's in Washington and Washington elites and, and like, no, it, it, it's not even about that. It's just the fact that he's in Washington. And he's way more focused. He is the architect of the grand old party. Like, he is Mr. Republican, the puppet master himself, okay? And he is so busy and concerned with a bunch of stuff that is America's issue over Kentucky's issue. And I don't think that in the 36 years that he's been in power that Kentucky is really better off for it. I mean, I really don't, you know? I I I just so I'm I'm over it. I'm over it. It could be a wet fart. His 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 competition, and I would vote for it. Honestly, at this point, anything is better. Anything is better. So, there's my political take for the for the week, for the year. Honestly, because after a, a, like after this, look, I I'm I'm really I I don't get into politics much. I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about it because I I just don't. I, I don't enjoy it And um, Other than that There's really not much For me to say about it Because Win or lose Whoever wins this election I don't care I Like I I just I don't care I don't care So I'm not gonna be mad If Mitch McConnell wins I'll I'll, I'll kinda Just shake my head Roll my eyes Like man This is just I mean, what can you do? What, what, what can you do, you know? But uh, it's not going to affect me emotionally, and um, I, I, I just don't care. I really don't. So no more politics. That's, that's my two cents, and uh, after this, we're done with it. All right, let's get into some stories, okay? Finally, finally. I know, I know, I know, but here we go. So this is a first, all right? This is the first time that somebody got into a fight in my car. And you guys think that I'm joking around when I say that I offer free counseling sessions to people who want them? I'm not playing out here. All right. I'm like Lucy from the Peanuts, man. When the world gives me Charlie Browns, I do my best to drop them off feeling better than when I picked them up. But the way that these two were fighting, I don't even know if a legitimate professional could get this thing back on the rails. My God. All right. I pull up at this Walmart and I don't see. Anybody that looks like they're waiting, standing right outside, you know, usually when I pull up to places, I can tell the person who I'm looking for because they're looking at their phone and they're usually watching the car drive up on the app. I do that when I'm waiting on my Uber. I'm like, how far are they? How far are they? So usually I can kind of tell, okay, this person is probably my person, um, but I don't see anybody standing out there. So I pull just past the door a little bit up to the sidewalk and I park in this little line shoulder area At Walmart, I put my blinkers on, I text the person on the app to let them know that I just pulled up, and then I wait. I'm chilling. After about a minute, I see a chick come out of the store, baby on her hip, and she's pushing two fat ass grocery carts. She sees me sitting there, I pop the trunk, and she starts loading these groceries in, baby on her hip, bag at a time. And it's taking her a while because she's doing it one handed, right? And she's balancing this little boy on her hip. So maybe four or five minutes have gone past at this point. And then in my rear view mirror, I see that she's kind of stopped. And I'm like, what is she doing? So I turn the music down a little bit. And then I realize that she's on the phone. But this isn't like a, hey mom, can I call you back? Or, hey so and so, let me hit you when I get home. No, no, no. She's yelling. Whoever she's talking to, they've fucked up bad. I knew it and so did everybody else that was walking into the grocery section of this Walmart and past this spectacle beginning to unfold. She's screaming, literally screaming. How could you leave, bruh? Why did you leave me here without these bags and a baby? Fuck you mean, where did you go, bruh? I'm outside, I'm trying to leave, the Uberman is here. I texted you when we were standing at the register. I told you to come help me fuck is you talking about we're in the middle of a walmart how you just gonna walk off on us at this point the baby's crying and the ride's been running for like 10 minutes but we haven't even moved an inch and then out walks this dude who starts putting the last few bags in the trunk and i hear him saying shit to her like i'm just going through some shit bro cool out finally they get in the car they leave both the grocery carts right there on the sidewalk, like kind of in the road, clearly in the way for people walking up. I'm like, what's up, y'all? And we start riding. She's sitting behind me with the baby in her lap, and he's sitting behind the passenger seat. First couple minutes go by, silence. No one's talking. And then he starts in. And he says something like, stop while you stop while you ahead. Like, please, you're going to get there. And it's going to be two more, just wait, stop and think. She says, I said what I had to say. And then she puts on some kind of a kid song to keep the baby distracted. So now I'm, I'm listening to Kanye and the Speakers. This fucking song, like, the cow ate the corn and smiled at the sheep, down on the haystack, fast asleep, like, something like that. I, okay. And this lullaby is going on behind me. I got these two people that are just getting warmed up in the back seat, Ollie Frazier. And this guy goes, I was trying to text you and just tell you that I got back into my own negative situation and it's hard, but you didn't even give me that opportunity. But, but, But because you're so sick of me, when we get her, make sure you take them groceries up and I'm out. And she goes, why would I have to... You don't give a fuck about me if you leave me with these groceries and half that other shit in there is yours. You're a fucked up individual. I don't give a fuck because I'm done. I'm done with you. But it's nothing, so mama does it regardless. So if you do leave them groceries, guess what? Them motherfuckers will still get up the stairs like they always do. Facts. <laughs> Five minutes go by, probably in silence. And then he starts mumbling again. And he says... What did I do? Just just tell me. Like, what did I do? She says, you being, last night, you, you did the same thing. Walked off. Just being dramatic, bro. Like, nobody feel no type of way except you. I could tell. I was reading that girl's body language. She understood exactly what I'm saying. She bags groceries. She understands people want their stuff organized. That's her job. He says, I ain't even trying to keep arguing. I tried explaining you the situation, but 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 you wasn't trying to hear it. And she says, that don't mean it's an excuse to treat me fucked up. And he's like, I know, but I, I feel like I did good because I didn't even do half the shit I would have done. You feel me? And, and that's love. I feel like it's there. She goes, you feel like you can do whatever you want to do, and I'm just supposed to kiss your ass because you going through some shit. You left me with the groceries in the cart with the baby. I ain't reaching out to you for shit. He says, is that the first time putting groceries in the cart by yourself? And she kind of pauses and she says, yes, when I have a man there, yes, yes, it is. You came on this grocery trip to tell me you're sorry. And then he says something like, so how you going to forget about and, and said something I can't remember what he said, but he, he was basically like, how you going to forget about this? And she didn't say anything. He's like, yeah, that's what I thought. I'm sick of this shit with you. So at this point, I'm just spitballing here. But I'm thinking that the baby isn't his, it's hers. They were dating. They had gotten in a fight recently. And then they decided that they would go on this grocery trip so they could talk it all out, right? And the way that this was going, I'm thinking he's probably hitting her up asking if he could tag along. Like, hey, I'll meet you there. We'll go get some groceries, bring the baby. It'll be cool, I'd say this was a relationship that had been going on for like probably somewhere between three to six months because they were obviously still crashing into each other's boundaries and that there was still a lot of things unsaid and unknown. And it felt like they were still holding back to each other, at least he was, in not being open and expressing to her what was going on that was making him feel some type of way and instead just acting like a child and storming off in the middle of Walmart and when she said like yeah when i got a man there yes this is the first time that i've ever loaded up groceries by myself because usually the man is helping me that kind of tipped me off like he's not the baby daddy he's probably just some dude trying to holler at a single mother step in like some cape crusader and then do whatever he wants because he feels like he's doing this grand gesture this noble cause by taking care for her and and somebody else's kid and i'm driving down the street listening to the shit thinking hey look Go back and watch Jerry Maguire, my man, and listen to Rod Tidwell when he says a real man would not shoplift the pootie from a single mother. That is real talk. All right. Probably another three or four minutes have gone by now, and he's continued saying things that I really can't make out, but basically he's just back there pleading his case. You know what I mean? Like he and he's not doing a very good job of it, but he's 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 pleading his case, and she is paying attention to the baby, looking at the baby who's still listening to these awful lullabies by the way and she is just ignoring him basically she's saying I don't feel like arguing leave me alone but he's persistent he continues to go for it she goes I'm not doing anything wrong you keep trying to put something wrong on me but I haven't done shit wrong I went to the store and I got my groceries you didn't help me where is my wrong he tries to say something, but she cuts him off and says, I'm done talking about it. I'm done talking about it. And she probably says it 10 more times as he, as he every time he goes to speak, uh, I'm done talking about it, you know, but he's still going for it. So then she just starts talking to the baby on her lap every time he says something to her, but he doesn't care. He, he still just keeps talking out loud. She's ignoring him. She's playing this game with the kid going, oh, he says ribbit, and then she says ribbit, and she's like working on him with words. He says monkey, she says monkey, but this dude isn't about to just sit in silence, so he leans up to me, and he's like, man, I'm sorry, man, it's complicated, but we do this shit all the time, for real. We do this shit all the time, and keep in mind, the entire time that they've been in the car, I have not said a word, only, hey, what's up, when they got in. And that was 20 minutes ago They've been in here talking shit And I've just been vibing out the music I say, hey man, I'm not tripping And he says You can't win from losing with females And so I, I say Well, you all will either figure it out Or you won't, you know He says It's the won't part that's urgent Because you, you feel me? like I mean, I don't know Hopefully, shit I says, well, it, it sounds like both of you have needs that aren't being met, and if you guys aren't willing to meet each other halfway and work on those, then you got nothing. That's real shit. Yup, yup, he says. I say, so it really just comes down to deciding if this relationship is worth saving and, and really putting work into the things that you both know that you need to work on or moving on, you know? So he turns to her from his leaned-up position and says to her, you think this is worth saving, baby? She doesn't say anything. He asks her again. You think this is worth saving, baby? Again, no response from her. So just to keep him from asking her again and, and kind of creating a, a, a now even more awkward situation, I say, and it might not be a decision that you need to make tonight, you know? You guys might just need to go home, cool off a little bit, come back to this, and see what's up. And he goes, Shoosh. She don't even realize how good she'd be having it, man. And upon hearing those words, she weighs in. But it wasn't a response that he was hoping to hear. Just drop my key too, man. Just drop my key. If you don't help me with these groceries, drop my fucking key, bruh. He says, damn, see? But you heard that, though. She's like, I don't care. But you heard that, though. I'm not trying to argue. But you didn't hear me ask about our relationship. I'm not trying to argue, bruh try to, I just asked you if the relationship was worth saving. And she goes, I don't have to answer that in front of somebody. That's going to be a personal question. And on top of that, I'm not having no conversation right now. He goes, everything's about you. Everything's about you, isn't it? She said, boy, stop. Just drop my key if you don't help me with these groceries, bro, because that's fucked up. That's what I'm sick of. That shit with you. You're the same person that I want to love you when I'm mad, but yeah, leave me with a whole fucking trunk of groceries, bruh, as soon as she does the voice, he goes, girl, shut up, bro. I'm about to get em. <laughs> so, now we're pulling up at this address, and I'm like, hey, guy, which one, and she's like, right here is fine, he opens his door first, and already his tone is louder than what it was in the car Like this is escalating now that they're out of the car as if them her yelling like now his voice is getting raised because he's getting out and he's like so it's true what they say about and then he kind of trails off because he's out of the car now talking away from the car so I can't really hear what he says after that but she's about to get out and she says hold on and she's getting the baby ready to get out of the car she gets her keys ready. And then here he comes back saying, but when I ask you something, you'd be on the phone, uh, you ain't got nothing to say. She opens up her door, and, and I say to her, good luck, guys. She says, thank you. She shuts the door, and then I turn the music down because now they're screaming, okay? And she's going, I'm not arguing with you. I'm not arguing with you. You getting mad. He's like, I don't give a fuck. I'm going to get the groceries up, and you can go. He's like, I don't give a fuck. I'm going to get the groceries up, and then I'm going to go. Go put the baby up. Look, look, look. Go put the baby up. And she's screaming, didn't you ask me? Didn't you ask me? Didn't you ask me to do something different? So now that I'm not arguing with you, you don't like that either. I'm going to go rapid fire now. He goes, man, look, you didn't answer if this relationship was worth saving. That's a whole ass stranger. He trying to help us. He's a whole ass stranger. Whatever, damn. He a whole ass stranger. Bro, who cares? That's a good ass question. Just open up and it won't give a fuck. Damn. She's going, I do. I give a fuck. I do. He goes, why don't you meet me halfway? He just drove us home 30 minutes. How the fuck is he a stranger? She's like, drop the key, hitter. Bye, bye, bye. And then... For about another five minutes, they continued arguing all the way up and down the stairs as they marched past each other with the groceries. Every time they're both outside at the same time, it started up again, the screaming. And I can't make out a lot of what they're saying once they're in the house, you know, but they keep on coming back down to get more groceries. And at the top of her lungs, I, I can't hear a lot, a lot of what she's saying, but at the top of her lungs, I hear. You've been like this all motherfucking day. I ain't did shit to you. He yells, what the fuck ever, bro? And she goes, I've been walking on eggshells dealing with your fucking ass all day. They get the last bags out of the car. They shut the lid. He was still yelling and emotionally, wildly gesticulating with his hands. Even as I'm backing up and start to drive away, I can hear her screaming, then go, go. Go, I don't give a fuck, go (laughs) I left them there standing on the sidewalk to their apartments And just drove away thinking, damn That was a fight (laughs) That is a fight right there Arguing in the street for the entire hood to hear it And then I'm like, girl, how are you going to say I'm a whole ass stranger But then you're going to stand in front of a Walmart interest And in front of your whole ass apartment complex And not act like it's the same thing (laughs) <laughs> oh, okay, I see how it is, right, 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 fuck me, right, now, I really hope that for everyone's sake involved, her, him, the baby, that he just left and things didn't continue to escalate, because the thought of it escalating from there and going up from, from where I left it, if it was at a 10, I, I don't know how it could have possibly gotten any worse, Uh, just verbally, certainly physically, it's not a very pleasant thing to think about, and I hope for their sake that they do go their separate ways, because everything that they were going through, there not necessarily the hallmarks of a healthy relationship, and I just laughed driving away thinking about my own parents and the fights that they used to get into, and I tell you what, man, they really sucked to be around when I was younger, but that conditioned me from such a young age to never get rattled in those situations. I'll lose my shit if it takes me too long to find my phone in the couch or if I can't seem to spell a word close enough to autocorrect, guarantee really trips me up a lot. I know it's embarrassing, but it's like the one word that I, I, I can never spell just first uh, you know, first attempt. And if I can't get something close enough to autocorrect, it bugs the shit out of me. But I'm, I am weirdly calm when people are yelling and losing their shit and shit's getting smashed because it's just what I've grown up to know and get used to. Which probably doesn't really sound very healthy to you, me feeling so comfortable in those types of situations and normalizing that. But to me, it's a blessing. It's like a superpower. High stress situations, tense conversations, arguments, people shouting. Some people get super anxious or upset amidst that kind of stuff, but that shit never bothers me. I guess it comes with the territory when you grow up with two parents who are yellers and screamers. This next story, we'll call her Granny. This one's kind of funny I picked Granny up from a little doctor's appointment She had gone over in uh, downtown Louisville And I was taking her back over to the Jeffersonville area But really it was closer to Utica It, was, it wasn't it was like right across the bridge, Jeff This is like way down in Jeff And this story's funny Not because of something that she told me I find this one pretty funny Because Granny straight roasted me the entire ride home Little old Granny sitting in the back arms across her stomach, looking comfy as shit, and she roasted me the entire way home. Why? I took the long way. (laughs) All right? You see, her appointment was somewhere between near 15th and Broadway. And man, I'm telling you, I go wherever Waze tells me to go. I trust that it's gonna put me on the fastest route. And if it's telling me to go a certain way, It's likely because the app is recognizing traffic patterns or there's a wreck that's been reported or a lane closure or construction or something that's making the route that we're on the fastest and best one possible. And whatever the thing says in terms of directions and route, I'm just following what Waze tells me, man. And I don't think that people, especially older people, understand that part. So instead of driving back through downtown Louisville and over the Lincoln Bridge on 65, We go over the bridge into New Albany, past Clarksville, and end up getting off right by where her house was in the Watson-Utica area, all right? And in all honesty, with no traffic or stops, we're probably talking about the difference of one to two minutes between these routes. Seriously. But for some reason, it was telling me that this route that we're taking now was going to be the fastest. So I'm like, cool. I, I go where this thing tells me. I I, I don't know this shit well enough to argue with So I'm just going off of what it says So we're like two minutes into the ride And she's like Which way are you going? And I said Whatever this thing says Another minute goes by And she goes Oh you going the long way And I go what? This thing says it's going to take us the shortest amount of time And she says You think so? I said yeah we'll be there in like 20 minutes She's quiet for a minute And then she says Second street would have put you right there (laughs) And I I said Well the fun is all in the journey granny Right? She said If you say so So I'm trying to pivot away from this And and get her off of it And I ask her if she's from here She says yes What do you do for work? I'm retired What did you do? All that kind of stuff and then at some point during the conversation, she comes back to it again. Yeah, you go going the long way for sure. I just go where this thing tells me. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's what I mean. Uh, and So she, I quickly transition again. And I'm asking her questions about her babies and her grandbabies. And she says she's got like four babies, lots of grandbabies. She's telling me what they do. And then she goes, how many you got? I said, me? Yeah. None? Mm-hmm. Better get busy. (laughs) I'm like, granted, come on, man. I I ain't trying to do all that, all right? But then she starts in again. (laughs) Comes back to it again. Just like little nuggets dropped over the course of this ride. Boy, you really going the long way around? I go. What do you mean? I'm just going where it tells me. And she's like laughing every time she says it, right? Because I'm laughing it off, and she's laughing every time she says it. She's just—I mean, she's just breaking balls, you know. But I'm like, what do you mean? I I'm just going where this thing tells me to go. She goes. We ain't gonna be there till tomorrow. And <laughs> and she laughs, and then she goes, woo. <laughs> This thing puts you way out the way you see after you get done If you ever get through all of this And I'm just cracking jokes now I'm like let's just go on a road trip Just me and you She goes no you know, She obviously knew I was kidding right So I ask Now I'm trying I, I keep trying to pivot the conversation away from um, The long way right So I ask if she's married She tells me about her husband. She's been married for 55 years. She said, that's awesome. We talk about that for a minute, and she says something else about the trip, and I said, I can't wait to get home and tell my friends that I got roasted for 20 straight minutes. I'm going to say, Granny got in the car and worked me the entire ride home, and she just starts laughing, and she says, well, I don't mean to. It's just, it's taking us all the way around. (laughs) So that one... That was really funny. Uh, that was really funny to me. Finally, we get there. Uh, she was happy, and, and we just kept on laughing at the route. She just kept laughing at the route, and I was laughing just the rest of the day, thinking about her sitting back there just straight roasting me the entire time. You got to have that every once in a while, you know? Keep you humble. But I, I thought that one was pretty good. Now, here's one that is, was a little tough to hear, um, but uh, just because this, this woman seems so nice... And it really pisses me off to think about the low-life pieces of shit that prey on people like this. Let's call her day-day. I'm picking her up to take her to work. And I pull up. I'm waiting to see who's going to come towards the car. And I see this woman limping over to the car. And she gets in. I say, hello, how you doing today? She said, I hurt my foot yesterday. But other than that, I'm all right. Well, what'd you do to it? Well, it was already broken on the side of the foot. But when I came home last night I knocked it on the door I said, you don't have a boot on it or anything? She said, the boot's just so big and bulky Dang Well, I, I, I don't want you to hurt your foot again though, you know And she said, right, right He wanted to do surgery And I kept putting it off And I think I'm going to go ahead and do it Well, how did you hurt your foot in the first place? Uh, Phil Actually, I I got robbed And he pushed me down. Where was this? In the alley over here by Walgreens. He put a gun to you? Mm Mm-hmm. Big guy, tall guy, short guy, fat guy. What'd he look like? He was about six foot, thin guy. Were you scared? Terrified. I thought he was playing at first. And then he had fired off a warning shot. And then he pushed me down and he told me to give him everything I had. Well, what did you have? $100 in my phone, and he took your phone? Mm-hmm. What a scumbag. Right, right. He's not even going to be able to do anything with it anyways. Like, it's probably locked, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, I'm really sorry that happened to you. How recent was that? Uh, it was like three months ago. Were you just walking home or What? Yeah, coming from Walgreens, like I've done a thousand times. And I cried about it. It was dark. It was dark. It was really dark. So definitely learned my lesson. Ain't going nowhere by myself. No more. I said, you should really start carrying around a piece yourself, you know? Nah. Some spray, something. I don't know. Some spray, yeah. Yeah, you know. You know, it's just like I work hard. For someone to just come and take it from me. It's crazy. And I tell her, you know, I'm I'm probably the dude that ends up getting shot in a situation like that. Because, first of all, I'm the type of guy that if you put a gun to me, I'm going to, to try to reason with you, you know, like, like maybe an idiot, but whatever. I'm going to say, put the gun down. And if you really want to do this, if you really want to take this from me, or, or whatever you're trying to do to me, Um, And you want it that bad Beat my ass for it Fight me Like fucking fight me bro But if you do You better be prepared To kill me Because I sure as hell Am not playing with you And if we do this I'm gonna break my hands Bashing your face in Before I stop going in And she's like Right, right, right I said But then again You know It's easy for me to say that I've never had somebody Put a gun on my ribs Or to my head And she says He had it to my heart. I said, right at the heart? Mm Mm-hmm. What went through your mind as soon as you felt that gun against you, that metal poking into you? I thought about my kids. First thing that came to my mind. And you know how you see people on TV when the police come and they want a description, you know, and what the car looked like, what the guy looked like, and it's like they don't know what to say. They can't tell them anything. Mm Mm-hmm. And it'd be like oh stupid how the hell It's true Your mind just goes I remember his height And that he was a black dude But I remember that he was in like a suburban But I, I, I couldn't remember the color What he had on Nothing And I said I mean I, I'm sure that your mind Is just trying to process what's going on and, and you're not even thinking of like All that stuff that you usually ignore You know what I mean Time of day, what you ate, where, like, the little things like that. She said, Yeah. And I said, Well, other than that, how's everything else going? She said, She started laughing. She's like, Good, good, pretty good. And we rode for another 10 minutes or so, just talking about her work, where she was from, that kind of stuff. And when we arrived, I told her, Nice talking to you. And I wished that, uh, I wished her a speedy recovery for a foot. Before we move on, I just want to say, When shit like that happens to you When you're the victim of a random act of violence The biggest thing to remember is It's not your fault There are evil people in this world There are pieces of shit in this world That are going to commit crimes And a lot of times You know, it's like rape victims People want to um, You know, make rape victims feel culpable in that And even sometimes at fault or to blame or like they had a, a, a share in the blame of it happening. No, the fact is there are people that go out and they do things that are against the law and they are random, okay? And it doesn't matter what a woman's wearing. It doesn't matter what time of night it is. Like, I, I, you know, or, or even like what time of day it is. Like those kind of things, they're irrelevant. They don't give permission to somebody to come and rape them and in this woman's case getting pushed down and robbed like that she's just going home on a route that she takes every day broad daylight and some piece of shit comes and pushes her down to the ground and breaks her foot and steals her phone and her money you know and it's just my point is it's important to remember that it's not your fault you didn't do anything to bring that on You probably, you know, you're doing something that you don't even think twice about because it's like broad daylight. You're walking a route that you take every day. So it's not like you're doing anything to put yourselves in harm's way, whereas some people, you know, it's like, well, if you wouldn't have driven drunk, you wouldn't have got in the car accident. You know what I mean? In that case, you've done something to actively thrust yourself into um, a really bad situation. Uh, and maybe that's a poor example, you know. And maybe I'm doing a poor job of explaining this, but I'm just. My point is, if you're walking down the street and you get robbed, that's not your fault, and that shakes people for a long time after that. You know, people are scared to take showers by themselves. People are scared to go out of their house by themselves. People are scared to put themselves out there again, and and, and just even the slightest feeling of vulnerability can feel like way too much. And and I hate that. And I hate that um, random acts of violence like that rob people of their security and rob people of of that feeling of you know they're walking down the street and and they're always kind of she's probably always going to walk down the street now um, super on guard like super paranoid and and I hate that and I and I hate that and I hate that um, you know that that somebody hurt her and that somebody. Put a gun to her heart and made her fucking life flash before her eyes. You know what I mean? Like that's just fucking lame, man. Fuck people that rob. That's bullshit. All right. Now, we are going to bring this thing back up, all right? Because we're gonna end on a positive note so that we can all walk away from these feeling good. All right. That's how we're gonna start ending these. It's a great suggestion for my girlfriend Maddie. So we wrap things up with a kid that we're going to call Jax Jax was a senior in high school here in Louisville And we were talking about his senior year And what they were doing at his high school with COVID and everything Classes, sports, all that kind of stuff And I was asking, do people still go down to Panama City Beach for spring break? And he was like, yeah, they do actually, some of them do I was like, man, that's pretty cool And I said, man, I I really hope you guys get to do that and, And get to do shit like that, you know Go experience that for sure if you can I hate that you guys might not be able to get to do that And I told them about how fun it was going down there for my senior spring break And Dalen Hall tackling the security guard into the pool And that video making it onto Good Morning America Before viral videos were really even a thing on the internet But here we are in Good Morning America And uh, my mom's texting me like, oh my god, is that you guys? I'm like, not this time mom, not this time But I just, I hated that for him. And I'm telling him that, you know, that these seniors um, at his school and, and, and all the schools, I mean, really around the country, right? But seniors have waited all their lives for this final year of school and the privileges and the rituals that come with being a senior and being top dog, the better parking, choosing your classes and getting to pick electives that you actually want to take, getting first pick in those, the parties. Football and basketball games and being in the student section and having good seating right sitting up front and being the ones that are painted up and not being like the juniors or the sophomores or even the freshmen fighting for just proximity to the floor you know what I mean like those are all things that come with being a senior and waiting to get to your turn and Seniors all over the country aren't going to experience that I know seniors last year They kind of had things Oh prom I mean senior prom I almost just forgot about senior prom Like, I, And I know that seniors last year They didn't really have their prom And they didn't get to walk at graduation And like those things got disrupted at the end of the year But at least they had the first part of the year Seniors this year have been doing NTI learning And who knows when things are going to be able to come back And if they will get to have things like um uh their prom and you know big spring breaks like because for the foreseeable future like big spring breaks uh music festivals big stuff like that it's just not happening and and we don't know when it's going to come back around and i i just hate that um thinking about how fun all that kind of stuff was for me in in high school or even in college with the music festivals and stuff And you know meeting somebody That's going through that And not going to be able to have that um, Kind of similar experience You know what I mean That sucks That sucks And I could tell As we're talking about this uh, His tone suggested that He was basically resigned to the fact That this was going to be The wackest senior year ever But um, you know I told him Because he's like kind of like trailing off And he's kind of like yeah 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 So I say hey man listen You're going to be all right. You'll move on to whatever you're going to do next And you're going to fucking kill it man And he says What did you do after high school So I kind of take him through the last nine years I give him my short life story Long but short Uh, And then I quickly shift back to him And asked Now what do you want to do after high school He says I don't know I I, I really don't know I was looking at criminal justice First, I was looking at engineering, but then I saw the math they had to do, and I was like, nah, that that's not for me. So I've been looking at criminal justice. And I wanted to do something with sports, but I don't really know what yet. Um, but it's, yeah, it's one of those two. I said, well, criminal justice is super interesting. And I feel like you can go a lot of different places with that. And same with sports, really. Are you 18 yet? He said, 17. I said, all right, man, so yeah. You got miles and miles ahead of you and you got plenty of time to figure out what exactly it is that you want to do. And that's honestly, man, that's the beauty of life is that you can just try shit. And if you're not afraid to, like people talk about failing and to me, failure is never trying anything. You have to do that. So just try all the shit you want to because ultimately you got one life and it could be gone like that. And you owe it to yourself to try anything And not be afraid to swing and miss And I hope you do And I I really hope this conversation kind of motivates you to be like Fuck yeah man, I'm going to go for it Because you can do it You can really do it man If you just believe in yourself and just fucking grind You can get there And as I pulled up to his house I'm like man it was really good talking to you And I wish you good luck and everything All right? He said thank you man, same to you I really appreciate this talk And he got out and I felt really good that uh, here was somebody that was getting out, kind of feeling like, that feeling that I always talk about, like, yeah, I, I can do this shit too. I, I got this, you know? I love that. And I love passing that on to people. So, And I hope sometimes that you're able to listen to these stories and maybe you feel a little bit of that too. All right, that is it for this week. I am still working on this week's guest for the show. I'll keep you updated on that, but for now, enjoy yourselves, my friends. Tip your Uber drivers, drink your Four Roses bourbon, and I'll check in with you on Friday. I am Ben Tompkins. That is Real Talk.